folks, welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. I just finished interviewing Jason and Tori Benham about marriage, about their story, and more specifically about their book right here, this book right there called Beauty in Battle. And I, I tell you what, I enjoyed this interview so much. Not only are Jason and Tori so articulate and encouraging to Christians, really, whether you're married, single, you know, old, young, regardless of your walk of life, they are encouraging to you as a believer. And I think that really stems from their true and sincere faith and then what they've been able to walk through together as a married couple. So I'll give you a brief kind of introduction as to who Jason and Tori are, a more like formal introduction, and then you guys will hear for yourself in the episode how awesome they are. Jason and Tori Benham have been married for more than 20 years. They own several small businesses. This is always what happens when I try reading introductions. Folks, Jason and Tori are awesome. They've been married for over 20 years. They own several small businesses together, and they are passionate about encouraging marriages and families across the country. Need I say any more? I probably should not say any more. We should let the episode speak for itself. So please enjoy this interview, this conversation conversation with Jason and Tori Benham. I'm going to link everything about Jason and Tori that I can find down below. They've got this book that is amazing. They've got a weekly podcast, which is awesome. They do business coaching. They do retreats around uh, the country. They also speak at a variety of marriage conferences. And so I'm going to link this all in the show notes so that you can find that. Be sure to order this book. Katie and I are both reading this. Well, actually, Katie is done reading the book because she's a much quicker reader than I am. And I'm about three quarters of the way through this book, and it's already blessed our marriage so much. So I really encourage you to get this book. Um, and then if you like this episode and if you like our podcast, we would love it if you left a rating or a review. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Let's dive into today's episode. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. All right, Jason, Tori, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to talk with us today. I know I've followed kind of, you know, from a distance here and there, different things you guys have done and what you've been about in your life. And it's been a tremendous blessing to me and I know to my wife and I'm, and I'm sure many of our listeners. So thank you for taking the time to be here and just share some insights and encouragement to us. I already gave a kind of brief introduction as to who you guys are, but I would love maybe hearing from each one of you in your own words, who you are, what you're currently doing, where you're living, uh, you know, what your life looks like right now. Well, okay. So I guess I'll start. Uh, I'm Jason. This is my wife, Tori. Um, we met back when I was a baseball player at Liberty University and she lived in Connecticut. I was from Dallas, Texas. I was playing baseball in Virginia. We fell in love and knew that at some point we had to meet halfway because she wasn't going to move to Texas. I wasn't going to move to Connecticut. We moved to North Carolina, nice uh, Charlotte to be exact. And I started a business. We started a family at the same time. Nice. So I was an entrepreneur starting a business with my twin brother. Her and I were together starting a family together and they grew at the exact same time. And so we ended up with uh, four kids who are now, as of this month, 20, 18, 20 year old boy, 18 year old girl, uh, 16 year old boy, and then soon to be 12 year old girl. Wow. At the same time, I was building a business with my twin brother that grew to 100 locations in 35 different states. Wow. And so I started doing the entrepreneurial route. And our goal always was at some point to come back together 
kind of have our own businesses together, which by God's grace we have, and then to do something in marriage. And so after 21 years together, we're like, hey, let's let's help out marriages, wow. you know, specifically leaders, entrepreneurs in marriage. Hmm. Um, you know, obviously marriage principles work for whoever, but, you know, I'm an ambitious guy. She's had to learn to live with an ambitious husband and we've learned a few things uh, along the way. So yeah. And so when, when Jason and I started dating, Jason was playing baseball and during the off season, he decided that he was going to get his master's degree in marriage and family counseling. Mm. And so that was during the end of our dating years, beginning of our marriage. And what we discovered is one, that we have a passion for marriage, that we, we understand God's plan for marriage and, and how important it is for us to understand the value of marriage. Right. But as we began to go through this uh, marriage counsel or um, Jason getting his master's degree and he's sharing all this information with me and we're going back and forth and we're so passionate and this is going to be so exciting and we can't wait to help couples and we can't wait to, to apply all these tips and tricks. And then we get married and we realize it's a whole lot easier on paper. <laughs> mm. It's easier to learn about yeah. it than to do it. Yeah, it's a whole, yeah. Lot, a whole lot easier. And so the last, you know, we've been married over 20 years now and um, so we decided to write a book, what we learned those first 20 years and the things that God taught us. And, and because Jason had his marriage, his um, degree in marriage and family counseling, it just brought a ton of couples into our home, young mm. couples. And we kind of felt like it was our own therapy <laughs> doing counseling <laughs> with these young couples. Cause we we're like, wow, we do the exact same thing that they do. And we learned from that bird's eye view when you're watching from the outside, looking in, you can learn a lot. And so we did learn a lot about our marriage and about other people and how we're so much alike. And, um, it's been a really, it's been a really fun journey. The Lord's allowed, um, that aspect, you know, Jason with him building his business with his brother, um, there, it was one thing that we could do together. We could have couples over, we could have, we can, you know, have them over for dinner or, we always make these ranger cookies for all of our, <laughs> all of these couples. It was something we could do together and it really grew us close and it gave us an opportunity to then write a book about it. Wow. That make, it makes so much more sense now as to the wealth of knowledge that I feel like is in this book and, and what you guys share, because this has been a long journey for you of, like you said, acquiring knowledge, acquiring skill sets and tips and tricks. One thing that I really love, and I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, more that's in the book is even though so much of what you guys share and what you offer is very practical, I love how it's really rooted in deep theology and you can't get away from that. I feel like you guys almost conclude, it feels like every chapter with kind of like zooming out and being like, hey, but the only reason any of this is effective or has eternal purpose or hope is because of this big theological principle, this truth that we have, what Christ has accomplished, who he is and and what God desi God's design is. For marriage, and so I really appreciate that you don't don't just keep it practical and simple. You also give the big picture perspective of marriage, which, of course, good theology is practical. So it makes sense that there are practical <laughs> you know, insights to take from that. It's funny you say that because we originally started off with a publisher for that book, and they actually gave us half of our advance and all this. Well, Tori and I wrote it, and I had a couple chapters in there that were heavy on some theology stuff that we're like, this has to go in. And I remember getting. Uh, the manuscript backed and the guy said, Hey, this is great. I haven't seen an angle uh, taken on marriage like this. You guys are talking, you know, about the battle and all this kind of stuff. And he said, but man, there's a lot of theology. I think we'd like to see a little more story. Hmm. And uh, you know how that ended up? I said, I think we need to self publish this book. Wow. And they said, that's great. Go ahead wow. and do it. So 
I was able to take all of that theology and leave it in there. Well, that's awesome. But we had a publisher, and they're, and they're great people and all, but, you know, theology doesn't sell. Mm. Stories sell. Popcorn yeah. sermonettes sell. Yeah. And we're like, no, that's not the direction that we're going to go. We're going to keep the theology in there. So I appreciate you recognizing that. Yeah, and I think you struck an amazing balance of great story. It's extremely entertaining and engaging, practical, but also there's a depth to it that obviously substantiates all of what you guys say and gives it this backbone. So I'm grateful for that. That was all Tori. She's the, theo <laughs> she's the theologian here. Yeah, definitely well, not. I love it. Now, you guys mentioned... You know, in these early years of marriage, you were starting a business. Can you mention real quickly, just for my curiosity, what was that? What was that business that you said grew to a hundred locations? Well, so it started out in real estate. Okay, my brother and I started a real estate company, and it grew real big. And from there, we started investing in other small businesses. So it grew okay. to you know a dozen, fifteen businesses that we have. And so, okay. and now we train kingdom entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We've got a program called Expert Ownership you know, launching faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. And so what we do, what Tori and I do with our marriage ministry kind of slots into that. Hmm. And, uh, and so that's kind of what, what, what I do now. So what was that like? You, you said you were in Texas, Tori, you were up in Connecticut. What were your guys' backgrounds similar? Did you guys have, you know, uh, were godly marriages modeled for you in your home? Maybe Tori, could you speak to that? What that was like coming from your background and meeting Jason? We actually do have very similar backgrounds. We were both raised in Christian homes. His dad was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. Hmm. Um, so yeah, very similar. And we actually both, um, we both have um, multi-generational families. So I, um, me and my brother are 10 years older than the next set of siblings. And for okay. him, he, he and his twin and then his sister are 14 and 12 years yeah. older than their next set of, 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 um, brother and sister. Okay. And so it's actually, it, we have very similar backgrounds and uh, both of our families actually had gone to a, a Bill Gother seminar um, somewhere. Was it Bill Gother? It was Bill Gother. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in the, you know, after they had us older kids and um, he had preached a sermon that, you know, be fruitful and multiply in both of our families started to have more kids. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so very much on the same page when we first met, that was kind of the, one of the first stories that came up. We're like, wait a minute, you have another set of kids and we do too. And then they're like, oh, did you go to a Bill Gother seminar? <laughs> nice. But yeah, we were both raised very similarly. Um, Christian homes, um, love Jesus, modeled great uh, uh, marriages, both, both of our, um, so Jason's mom passed away. Was it? 2017. Yep. Hmm. And um amazing woman of God and, um, amazing marriage and just modeled, modeled such an incredible marriage. And, um, my parents have now been married for 50 years, almost, uh, 43 so, years, so I think. <laughs> I don't years. know, but they've I'll been tell married you how a long, long time. Been married. Yep. Yeah. So similar backgrounds, very yes. similar backgrounds. Love that. Now, how did that entrepreneurial piece work its way then into you guys? Cause if you guys both, it sounds like you guys were brought up in, in pastoral homes. Your parents were in, in ministry. Uh, what what led you into entrepreneurialism? Was that something that you both went to college already with a desire for, or did it kind of come up later in life? That's a great question, mm -hmm. Elisha. And by the way, I just have to say on the podcast, your name is probably the best name I've heard. <laughs> oh, wow. In a long time. <laughs> Elisha. What I love about Elisha is that Elisha was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen yep. before he was tapped on the shoulder by Elijah to take his place and yes. become the prophet. 12 yoke of oxen. That's a big businessman. Mm. Yes. He was, he was hustling. Yeah. 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 
That's right. Awesome. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> he was a guy that knew how to scale a business. 12 mm. yoke. I mean, that's huge. That's 12 yep. different fields that you're on at times. And so, you know, here Elisha was, he was a business guy. And so for my brother and I, we were raised by a pastor and we recognized that God had called us. And I'm going to put this in quotes. So if people are listening to this and not watching, I'm putting up little air quotes with my yep. fingers. Quotes. They're there. God had called us to full-time ministry. Of course, we, we had the wrong idea of ministry then because our idea of ministry was you have to be in a nonprofit space, raise support, and you have to speak for a living, right? Well, God basically told me and David, I'm not calling you the, to, that, right, to that route. I want you to actually get into business. And it was a little bit of a setback for us. And we're like, well, we don't know what to do. We had gotten out of professional baseball when we were 25. And so we had gotten our real estate licenses in the meantime. So we decided to put those real estate licenses to work. And we all know the scripture that says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. So we did. Hmm. And seven years later, we had a hundred offices and we didn't realize that we were business builders. Wow. And, but yet we never had any business background at all. We simply built our businesses by the principles of the Bible. And so seven years in, after we had all these offices and all these people, we had a conference in, in Charlotte and my brother and I had our Bible open and we were training all of our people. I was standing on stage. We had our Bible open. We were training all of our people on how to scale their business according to the Jesus principle and how he scaled the gospel through 12 people. Hmm. And it was as if God spoke audibly to me. Now, he doesn't always speak audibly. Actually, I've never heard him speak audibly, hmm. but I felt it in my spirit that God told me. And he asked this very specific question. Who told you that you weren't in ministry? Like, for that seven year period where we were uh, running these businesses and had built our business big, I kind of felt this guilty feeling for not being in ministry. And then the Lord showed me, no, where you're placed and how you're paid. There you go. We got forgot to put it on silent. Oh, that was my phone. I'll take the blame for that. Yeah. That where you're phone. placed and how you're paid doesn't determine the minister. It's about passion, not position. It's about God's presence in your life that we were in full-time ministry the whole time. And, and we were just in a different profit model. See, Jesus, when he was 29 years old, was in the for-profit space. Either he was an entrepreneur or he was a day laborer. Mm -hmm. We don't know if he owned his own business or if he worked for somebody else's business. We don't know that. Yep. And I think the Bible is very specific or very uh, vague on that because he fits the bill for all of us. That's right. But he was in the for-profit space who actually got a paycheck. But he was just as much a minister when he had that chisel or that saw or that hammer in his hand Amen. as he was when he was standing there breaking bread and feeding 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. So that was, the, that was the path that God brought us down. And, uh, and it, was, it was a really good one because it sets us free to know that we're all ministers on mission and our work is worship. Yes. Amen. Now, Tori, what was your perspective on that as the wife? You know, I, I, I would have to say it was probably helpful that you were... Uh, you know, you guys, you guys were in the professional athlete space. Cause if there's like one, I guess, family life, that's more unpredictable than entrepreneurialism is probably being an, a professional athlete. So this like, but what was that like for you when you guys decided to be an entrepreneurial family? Yeah. Um, you know, I think just watching Jason go through that process and seeing the freedom that he gained from understanding that he was on mission and that it wasn't what he did that determined that, but it was who he was and mm. what God was calling him to. It was, I, I remember, um, I remember when he first started working and um, we were working together actually in Atlanta and he had just stopped playing baseball and he was really 
trying to figure out what, what direction he was going to go. And I remember him being in a cubicle and being in tears because it was, it was just such a huge transition from mm. him to from being athlete and being on a platform to being behind a cubicle. And that was the beginning of the Lord doing something in his heart where he was starting to speak to him about his identity. And, um, and I, and I also remember just a, a year later, him, him and his brother thinking they were going into ministry and then the Lord really awakening their spirit that they, that ministry was not, was not necessarily the term that he wanted them to use anymore, that whatever he was calling them to do, they were on mission, whether, you know, whether it was speaking or it was running a business, God, God's plan for them determined their identity and hmm. not what they did. And so it was, it was, it was really a, um, a really cool thing to watch because I, um, I just can remember it so vividly. And I, and I know I, he speaks to our, our sons now to the same, to the hmm. same thing, like, who, you know, our oldest son is playing basketball and he's going through the same thing that dad went to, went through in baseball, where it was like, you, you, you tend to, as a man, find your identity in what you do. And even, even myself as a mom, um, we pretty much, you know, got married. We thought we were going to wait a few years to have kids, but that wasn't the Lord's plan. I got pregnant five months later and now Hmm. I'm thrown into full-time motherhood. And then we decided we were going to homeschool the kids. So it was just a stay-at-home mom for me. And the Lord had to really speak the same message to me you know, you know, during those times where you feel like, wait, am I really doing enough? Is, is this really, this all that God has for me? And God's like, who told you that? Who told you that? You know, who told, yeah. who's speaking to you? Who's, ta- who's talking to you? Because what I have to say about this is so important. And, um, and it was the same thing for me that the Lord had to speak to me about. I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being. And wherever God has placed me, I can bloom where I'm planted. If I find my identity in him. It is interesting in marriage though, uh, that men tend to find their identity financially and women tend to find their identity relationally. So here I was finding my identity in what I did in order to provide for my family. I mean, we all do that. It's like you walk into a party, you haven't seen anybody. They're like, Hey, what do you do? Right. What they're saying is how do you make money? Yeah. Right. And that's a man thing, but women thing is more along the lines of, okay, who are your kids? Where do they go to school? So it's tied relationally. What God wants us to do is find our identity spiritually, mm-hmm. not relationally, not financially. And then those other things are great what you do, but you've got to find it spiritually, your identity in Jesus, and he makes you who you are. And from there, you become a whole person. And now you can give of yourself to your spouse mm-hmm. because you, two can't become one if you're not first two individual holes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. You have to be a whole person and find your identity in the Lord. Yes. yes. I, I love, love that. that. I, I love, love too that, that I really feel like, in, especially in your book, I'm sure you guys have done, created this over time. You've like created your own language, really. You've put a vernacular to so much of this sentiment, which it's so easy to agree with that, to say, yeah, like, of course, marriage is a great place to find purpose and to be on mission. And of course, we're going to find our identity in Christ. But then all these other things have titles for us and they've got quantifiable benchmarks that we can hit as far as, you know, income levels and, you know, job, job titles and then college degrees. We don't have that as much within marriage or within parenting or even within the Christian journey. But I love that you guys have created a vernacular, even by titling your book, Beauty and Battle. It's like, no, this is, this is a battle. If anything, you know, we're not the allegory, the Christians aren't the allegory. All these other things are the allegory. So let's use this terminology that gets people so motivated and apply that to its original intent. And that's being on mission here as Christians. So I'm really grateful that you guys have created that language in your book. And I'm sure that was intentional and it's happened over years. All right. Speaking, 
Speaking to uh, the book, can you guys kind of share what led to you guys actually putting you know pen to paper and making that happen? Because as you've said, it's been 20-ish years now that you've been, whether it's formally or informally, you know, in marriage ministry, what was it that led to you actually, actually, you know, putting the pen to paper and making this happen? Um, okay. So, and I'll speak directly to your listeners because when God wants you to do something, typically he'll put a little pressure on you at the beginning, you know, like, so there was always something in me and Tori that had, there was something in our heart for marriage. Like even before I was married, I felt something. There was just a little pressure on me. And when I say pressure, I'm not talking in a bad way. I'm talking about just a little bit, like a little tug on the heart. Like at some point you'll do something with marriage. Then as we got married, you know, and I had already got my master's degree and all this stuff. And uh, Tori and I were like, one day we're going to write a book. Well, the Lord had to make us the book first, right? (laughs) (laughs) He has to make you the message. And then about 15 years in, we realized, you know what? We, We have some intellectual property now. We have Mm. some like information that's locked in our heads and our hearts that needs to get out. Mm. So then we begin to pray and ask the Lord, when do you want us to write this thing? And just slowly but surely the pressure got a little greater and greater. And then I felt like if I don't write this, I'm going to explode. Mm. And Tori was feeling the same way. Now I I obviously I'm the entrepreneur. So Mm. I'm the ambitious guy that's like, all right, now let's go. Yeah. So about two years ago, we both said, okay, let's do this. And, and, and Tori's like, okay, I'm willing to do this, but I had already written some books. And so it was her first yeah. opportunity to, sure. to, to write as well. And, and her, her writing style is so great. I've had a number of people that have said, because we wrote about half, I wrote half the book, yep. she wrote half, and then we just kind of mixed it all together. And it was great the way that it worked out. Yes. Um, but I've had a number of people say, you know, I really like Tori stuff better than you. I said, <laughs> I know I do too. It's great. So we felt so much we felt the Lord basically putting mm-hmm. that pressure and going, guys, whatever's in you, let's go ahead and get it out now. Yeah, and I think as our kids, our oldest was getting to the age where we met, it, that's when I really felt sure. like, like that was my motivation that by the time my kids are beginning to have relationships with people that they may, they may one day marry, that we would have a book that they could look back at the first 20 years of our marriage and to see the things that God, you know, had taught us those first 20 years. That was really important to me. And now- our son is the same age that I was when I had him. <laughs> yeah, we, so wow. yeah. We're, you know we're not too far from that. Married yeah. young, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and right. I I do encourage uh, your listeners and anyone out there to listen. You don't have to be an author to write a book, and a book doesn't have to be fifty thousand words and mm-hmm. and spiral, you know, or or perfect bound in in sales and Barnes and Noble. But if you have time, well, everybody's got the time. Mm-hmm. You could just make the time write down your story, yeah. right? Yeah. Write it down so that you can pass it down to your kids. Even if you just keep it in a word document on your computer, mm. like, like just let your kids know who, who are you? Where do you come from? How did yeah. you and your spouse meet? Like what, what was it that made you want to have kids to begin with and, and write your story down so that your kids have something to hold on to. Mm. It's one of the best things that you can ever do. So every book that I've written and now with this book with Tori, I've written it with my kids in mind. Yeah. Like if nobody else reads this, mm-hmm. my kids one day at some point when they think that I'm not stupid anymore, mm-hmm. one day they're going to want to read it and right. they'll be able to read it to their kids about their grandma and grandpa. And wow. that's just going to be a powerful thing. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I love that. It's such a fun perspective to have in creating any, any sort of content that, that you want to have longevity. Now I want to, I want to ask some specific questions regarding marriage because I'm, I'm assuming and I'm hoping all of our listeners buy the book, but I want 
want some, you know, like a little head start on some of this insight that you guys have for the people that haven't read the book. What what is something that you have learned throughout raising teens? And what was that transition like? For, you know, in your specifically, not so much in parenting, but in regards to the nature of your marriage, and how did your guys' marriage dynamic change, if if it did at all, when you went from having young children to having teens and now young adults um, that are in your family? What what was that transition, transition like? like? Hmm. Is this? Do you want to answer? Or do you want me to? Yeah, you, you go ahead. Um, okay, so sorry, I thought he was going to answer that question. Well, it's okay. You're on the spot. It looks like he doesn't. Yeah, he's not up for it. I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, sorry about that. I didn't mean to put her on the spot. I just thought <laughs> I should have specified that was on me. I'm really getting more and more acquainted with interviewing couples and I need to be more specific in asking the questions. You guys are, you guys are handling this like pros, obviously I looked at the questions real quick before. Yeah. And so <laughs> he said he was going to take that one. So I was just like, not just kind of like, That's him my go. <laughs> and I thought that was the first of the yeah. four. So I'm like, huh. yeah. okay. so my B, uh, yeah, no, what I love about having teenagers is we, we can actually have adult conversations with our kids. Hmm. Now they don't always think that we're the smartest or the brightest, Mm -hmm. but here's one thing that we've discovered with, with our kids and going through, I mean, every stage of parenting has its own blessings and trials, but what we've discovered is her and I, we have to focus on our own friendship outside of our kids like our, our, our relationship can't just revolve around the kids. The kids need to revolve around our relationship, mm. which means date night, just her and I once a week will happen regardless. Mm. Now, granted, if, if one of the kids is really sick or whatever, I mean, obviously, but because if, if our, if our marriage revolves around our kids then what happens when the kids are gone mm. too many parents, they lose sight of who they are relationally because the mom is with the girls, the dad's with the boys, or they're, they're, they're just constantly going from one sports game or one event yep. to the next and not taking time for each other and just being buddies and mm-hmm. having things that they do together. Her and I, you know, I toned down some of my crazy workouts that I did back in pro ball and, you know, the first of our marriage and toned it back. And her and I figured out a way that where we can work out together. So we mm-hmm. do CrossFit together, mm-hmm. you know, three or four mornings a week. And it's just something we can do together. And I encourage all parents, you know, whether no matter how old your kids are, have a relationship together. And then let me tell you this real quick forensic, because as we've seen with our kids, we've seen there are four stages of parenting. Hmm. Okay. First, there's the babysitter phase. That's where you're just basically making sure that they don't die. Right. That's their babies. You know, they're adolescents, they're toddlers. Okay. Then the next is the referee phase. Hmm. And the referee phase is where you're outlining the rules. And then you're blowing the whistle and throw or throwing the flag if they transgress the rules. Hmm. Okay. And there's proper punishment for those, for those rules. But then once you move from babysitter to referee, then you move into coach hmm. coach is where I'm not necessarily trying to teach you the rules. I'm trying to coach you to win the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now if you can honor me as your babysitter and then as your referee, and then as your coach, one day we'll be teammates. And that's yeah. the fourth base. Love it. And that's where I want to be more than anything. I think our 20 year old son is about there and, and which phase they're in depends on their behavior. Yes. And I think I would add to that. Like, you know, when the kids are really young, it's very physical. You're physically exhausting. You're just kind of like it almost in survival mode to some degree where you're just, you know, 
physically exhausted and you're just kind of tag teaming the different things. And then it, when you, when you have teenagers in the home, things get very emotional hmm. and you're dealing with emotions, a lot of different emotions. And so what Jason and I have, have come to find out is that we can actually get very emotional about our kids, right? Hmm. Cause we have different opinions about how to handle things. And whereas, you know, that, that, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't, we weren't really dealing with a whole lot of emotional things. It, it was so much more of the physical that now we have to be really intentional to know that, okay, things are, because when it comes to emotions, you have to sometimes pause and really, um, and, and really kind of regroup and think, okay, you and I are on the same team. You and I are looking at this totally differently, but we're on the same team. We want this, what we both want the same thing for our kids. And we actually tell a story of how the Lord showed us this and, and, and showed us through actually through CrossFit that how important it is for us to shift positions from, from um, face-to-face arguing and fighting to shoulder to shoulder. Hmm. And that was something that I think we learned most through parenting teenagers because it's so emotional. It's so much you know, conflicting, um, emotions. And I think that he's handling it in a way that I, that I think is wrong. And he doesn't think that I'm handling in the right way. And we have to be like, okay, we really need to shift to a shoulder to shoulder here to know that we both are after the souls of our kids. That's our goal right now. Hmm. And so we're on the same team. We're moving towards the same goal. And I'm not, you're not my enemy. You're not going to be, and I'm not going to allow you to become my enemy because of the heightened emotions. Cause that's what happens with emotions. We start to think a little crazy. And we're going to, we're going to look at this through the perspective of we're on the same team, moving towards the same goals. These kids, we have the same exact um, goal for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. I I feel like that's so valuable. And I want so deeply in my marriage to have that perspective going forward because we only have young children now. And yet there still seems to, to be many opportunities for us to feel like we're going against each other, that we're the opposition rather than being on a team fighting uh, with the same for the same goal and the same outcome and fighting shoulder to shoulder like what you said but I can only imagine how that there's a potential for that uh, to increase the temptation for that and the battle to increase as your children grow and it's less and less just practical needs of kids you know and like you said keeping them alive and and keeping the parameters in place and all of a sudden it's getting a lot more emotional and it's and yeah. it's a lot more mentally engaging and and you're having to think through and talk through problems and you probably are learning new things about your spouse throughout that you're thing like why you know why would you give that advice to a 16 year old kid you know that's not at all but like you said having that core value that we are shoulder to shoulder fighting this battle together i think is so paramount and you guys reiterate that time and time again in your book through through great stories like that one so i'm really grateful that you guys speak to that titled it beauty and battle because marriage is made for a battle it's Mm -hmm. made for a war a spiritual war not a personal battle Hmm. satan wants you to fight face to face in a personal battle but god literally designed your marriage to fight for you guys to fight shoulder to shoulder against satan in a Hmm. spiritual war and so when you realize that then and you engage that and you do go into that shoulder to shoulder mode you realize well it's supposed to be hard right yes but fighting together draws you together it's like LeBron James, you know, arguably one of the best basketball players of today. He's not the best of all time because that's Michael Jordan and yep. everybody knows that. <laughs> Amen. But LeBron James, you know, the games that he's playing today are way more difficult than the games he played when he was in junior high school. Hmm. 
And those weren't as difficult as the games he played in high school, right? And so the battle gradually gets harder and harder, but he gets better and better and stronger and stronger. Well, that's what our marriage is supposed to be. Only if we see the battle for what it is, a spiritual battle. And when our eyes are open to that and we realize Satan wants the same fight to, to tear us apart. And he does that when he gets us fighting face to face. And when we realize, ah, this is Satan again, this is Satan. You're not my enemy, honey. You're not my enemy. I'll tell you what, let's join together. I'm going to embrace your strengths, even though right now they may drive me crazy. I'm going to embrace your strengths. You're going to embrace mine. And we're going to fight this thing together against Satan and not let him win. Mm -hmm. When we do that, fighting together draws you together. Hmm, I love that so much. It's so, I love, you know, watching military movies or you watch, like you said, sports, sports movies. And there's a common goal. The goal is always so definitive when these teams come come together. And that's ultimately what shapes the game plan. It's what shapes the strategy. It's what shapes who the starting five are. If, if you're speaking to basketball, it shapes the war plan when you're going out to battle. But if you don't have a definitive goal as a couple, that being the big one, we're fighting Satan or we're serving God here in this thing called marriage, then you don't have a framework to get practical then and to, and to break it all down. Speaking to Speaking to that, you guys already mentioned kind of having your own friendship outside of uh, of the relationship with your children. And that's something that I think it is so crucial, you know, and you guys speak to that in the book. But what are things that you do to kind of have goals as a couple, maybe, so that your life doesn't end when the kids are out of the house? You're thinking, no, you and I are a priority, and we're going to be married far past when our children, you know, are raised and are starting their own families. Do you guys set time aside to plan, to strategize, to maybe do fun things that kind of as you propelled looking towards the future of being, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, we, we're really intentional of making good, healthy habits now that we want to take with us forever, right? Hmm. So for us, it's, we work out, we've always worked out together. You know, yes. when the kids were little, we've done it for now. Well, I guess I shouldn't say we always have, but for the last 12 years, we've worked out together. That's something that we've been really intentional about. And it's something that we're both passionate about. We're both passionate about health and, and staying strong and healthy for our kids and for, um, whatever God has for us. And so that's really important to us. So we work out every single day together. We try, so we try to develop habits that bring us together. What are the things that are going to bring us together? We go for walks every single day. There are, and now we couldn't do that, of course, when the kids were young, but there were, but as we have grown in our relationship, we've realized that the more that we can do together, the stronger our relationship becomes like it's, it's just the way it goes, right? The more time we have together, the more time that um, we can play together. And some Jason will cook with me. Sometimes we just try to make it the habit of our life to do as much as we can, the things that we enjoy doing, if we can do it together, we're going to do it together. Um, I think at the beginning of our relationship, when Jason was um, gone a lot and traveling a, a lot, it really made us appreciate our time so much more and make and has allowed us to become more intentional about that time together because we realize how crucial that is to our relationship. And so now we just really try to make the habit of our life to do as much as that, that we can t- together um, and to just be really intentional about Every, anything that we can do together, we're going to do together. You know, memories are difficult to create. Mm. Really good memories. Whenever your kids, like for you. So how, how old are your kids, Elisha? Five, four, two, and one. 
Oh, oh you're wow. you're yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is the oh, it's a blast. Are you kidding me? This is this is this is the good life. And listen, yeah. it's gonna be so fun with your kids being that close. Mm-hmm. But now as your kids get older and their sports schedules and their stuff to do and all that kind of stuff, getting your family together, let's say for a week-long vacation mm-hmm. and taking a trip to the Grand Canyon or whatever, it's gonna be more difficult to do that than it is to just have a staycation, right? Yeah. But what I encourage parents to do is do it anyway, like yeah. create the memory, no matter how hard it is. Like Tori and I, you know, we, we realized how much our kids eat. So vacation for us cannot be where we have to go to a place where we have to make food. So now we're going to all inclusives, nice. go on to travel zoo and you can get a great deal at an all inclusive because our 18, 20 year old, 16 year old eat like horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but it's hard to do that. Well, you got to go through the whole passport thing and then I got to get them TSA free check. And then we got to yes. go into airports and then we got to go fly to places. And then we got to do this. It's hard to do that. And, yeah. and a lot of times I don't have the energy for it, but I know if we get there, mm-hmm. then, then that's, we're going to, we're going to make memories doing that mm-hmm. and years down the road, which we're now seeing Elisha. So I'm looking at pictures and videos now of when we went to Narragansett in Rhode Island and on a vacation that our kids did not want to go on. They yes. complained the whole time, but when they got there, they loved it. And yep. now we have videos of us doing that. And the kids are watching the videos laughing hysterically. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I remember that. That was so fun. Yeah. So just make that it's, a part of your life. Easy to give up on things that don't come easy. Yes. Yes. Really- do it. That, well, you know what, that I think is such an, that might seem, uh, simple, but I think it's profound. Like you said, you know, whatever you can do together, do it together. But then you said making the effort to also create memories. It, it takes real effort. My wife and I just got back from uh, Hawaii last week. We were there for seven days, which was great. Just the two of us. Uh, but it was it was a pain. My parents did. Yeah, yeah. It was it was great. Yeah, it was a, our first time getting away for a while. You know, with no kids. Did your parents have a nervous twitch by the time you got back? <laughs> My parents are superstars. You know, they had ten children. They've got like. 30 grandchildren now. And so they're, yeah, they're, they're my heroes, you know, they're, they're healthy and they, yeah, once again, you know, when you are intentional about your health, of, of course, the Lord's going to do what he will in our bodies and in his time. But when we take uh, ownership of our health then my, you can be grandparents like my parents, you know, and really pour into your children. And I'm so grateful for that. Wow. That's yeah, a great point. That's very encouraging. So many mm-hmm. people don't see it like that, but you're exactly right. Take care of your body, physical mm-hmm. body. Yes. Yes. But, you know, looking at how helpful it was for my wife and I's marriage to take that time away, but it was not easy to do. It was actually a pain to, with, with all the COVID stuff that it was a real hassle to get to Hawaii and to get to the, get to the resort. It was not, there were numerous times where we almost tossed in the towel and we're like, Hey, we'll just take this money and do a staycation and go to our favorite restaurants every single night of the week or whatever, which is fine. You know, seasons, you have seasons where you do that, but it takes effort to create memories. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that you say that because I think my parents did that. I know my father-in-law did that. And that's what my wife and I cling to as far as our family experience and so much of the, and it also creates culture in your home. You know, it, it gives a, you start forming these common, common themes, these common languages. So yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that's really helpful. Okay. I, I want to be sensitive to your guys' time because I know that you guys have plenty going on. I'm going to ask just a couple more questions and maybe we can get some quick answers. As you guys now, you know, 2022 is the year that we're in. When you look around at marriages, whether they're established marriages, newlyweds, you know, seasoned marriages, what are some common shortcomings that you can either say, hey, 
you know, we've been there. I know what they're thinking. I wish we could tell them this. Or, you know, saying, man, that's something that just keeps reoccurring. Are there things that stand out to you when you look around at marriage in general within the church? Uh, I'll, I'll start with that one. Um, I, I think one of the biggest issues, and we all experience it right now, is we're just too busy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We're too busy. Yo, wow. husband's too busy at his work. He's too busy coaching sports leagues. He's too busy running one kid across town to the other. The mom is too busy. She feels guilty because she feels like she needs to volunteer at church, even mm. though all she has four kids below the age of five, and yet she's guilted into having to serve in nursery when she doesn't need to serve in nursery. She needs to. She needs a break. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Put yeah. somebody else in nursery and have the church pay the nursery worker. Yeah. But I think we're just too busy. And I think it's a shortcoming. And I think what I would encourage uh, couples and what I would encourage parents is slow down. Mm-hmm. Like say, say no to, to some, some of that sports that you can get into. I mean, say yes to some, cause I mean, that, that helps build your kid's character and all of those yep. things, but, but don't, don't be scared. You know, like, so last, I'll tell you one, one quick example. Last week, um, was the beginning of March madness. Yep. And I have a, I have a, a, a tradition that I do with my boys where I pull them out of school um, on the, on the, on that Thursday. And sometimes the Thursday and Friday, but mostly just that Thursday because they're playing basketball starting at noon during that day. Yep. And one of the teachers got a little upset at my son because she found out that he was going with her dad. And my polite response was simply, I'm creating an, I'm creating a memory with my son, regardless of what's going on at school. Wow. My relationship with him is paramount. So we pull them out. And that, that's just one small example. And now there are plenty of areas where I've failed in doing that, where I've gotten too busy. I'm traveling too much. The next thing mm. I know, I haven't talked to my 16-year-old daughter in two weeks. It's like, what? Wow. How does that happen? At least a meaningful conversation. And so I would say for couples, slow down. Hmm. Put your relationship primary and then put your kids right up there and, and just don't busy yourself to death. And I would wow. say secondarily is, and we already talked about this at the beginning, don't ever stop being buddies mm-hmm. with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You yes. need to be buddies. Yeah. Wow. You can be buddies. Those couples who pray together, stay together. Couples who play together, yeah. stay together. Yes. I, I, love I that. would add, you know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Hmm. But the desire of your, what is the desire of your heart? Yep. Like, do you have a desire to have a strong relationship? I know for us in our relationship, that was something that the Lord had to bring a desire back in me as Jason began to pursue me again. We talk about it in the book and he put a real desire for our relationship. The Lord had to kind of look at me and say, well, where, where'd your desire go? Hmm. I mean, if you're not going to pursue something you don't desire, you're, if you, you're not, if you don't value something, you don't desire something, you're not going to move towards it. Wow. And so it's so important that you, if, if you don't have a desire for a strong marriage, then that's probably where you need to start. If you're not moving towards good habits, if you're not moving towards um, goals and vision for each other, like it's got to start with desire. Wow. And I think so many couples lose desire. You know, that's so hopeful though. And, and you share, like you said about that in the book. And I think that that brings so much hope because we can agree principally or from just like an objective perspective. Oh yeah. Marriage is good. We want to have a fruitful marriage. If it was romantic, yeah, that would kind of be nice too. But if you are lacking the desire in the moment, you're like, well, honestly, my spouse gets on my nerve. It seems like a distant memory that we are ever friends or romantic. It's, it seems impossible, but you talk about how no God can restore that desire within you and he can actually ignite it and make it greater than ever. And I love that to when, when our desires align, 
with what God actually wants for us and what we want for, for our faith, what a fun way to live life. And so I, I'm so grateful that you guys give that hope and you share your story of how that, that just wasn't this linear path of always desiring this great thing in your marriage. You know, God had to put that back into your heart. Love that so much. You guys, thank you so much for taking the time to, to bless me, to bless our audience with all that you guys have to share. I want to know, coming up, are there things that we can look forward to with, with, with what you guys are doing, whether that's in business and ministry? What are things that's, that are happening in your guys' life? Well, uh, Tori and I, we do a lot of, uh, well, I say a lot. We do several marriage conferences a year. If anybody ever wants to know where those are, when they're going to be, you can always go to our website or follow us on socials at Jason and Tori or our website, uh, jasonandtori.com. Okay. But I have uh, in, in our entrepreneur program, uh, expert ownership, we do little retreats. We're doing one in Miami uh, at the end of next week. And at every one of those retreats, we try to bring our spouses. Hmm. And I've always, you know, our goal is to always spend some time talking, talking marriage. Hmm. So anybody ever wants to keep up with us and what we're doing, well, we also have a podcast. We release an episode a week. We just released last week, which would be very beneficial for any of your listeners who are struggling with forgiveness, hmm. forgiveness in any type of relationship, but it could also be marriage. Uh, we redefine it in a way that's really going to be helpful. Um, that's our podcast, uh, Beauty and Battle. Yep. But so we're we're thrilled with what you got going on. You're really doing good work, Elisha. So we appreciate you having us on. Yeah, right on. So. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And I'll be sure uh, for those that are listening to link all of this below in the show notes. Um, so so check all those things out. So many helpful resources. Uh, Jason, Tori, thank you once again for doing this. So grateful for what you guys are doing. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Awesome. <laughs>